Hello and welcome to the Future Proof podcast from the north of England with Sarah and Stephen Waddington. We'll be talking about what's hot and what's not on the internet in marketing, media and public relations. Hi Sarah. Good morning Stephen. Uh, we haven't done one of these for a while. Well, it's been holiday season. I'm a bit perturbed today because... Perturbed? Well, I am, yeah. I've been away for... Working away, not just holidaying. Away for a few weeks now. Finally back at the ranch and in long trousers. It just feels weird. But yeah. anyway, let's get on to the, the agenda. We're going to talk disinformation and fake news. We're going to talk CIPR election. We're going to talk about influencer relations. We're going to... Probably have a little bit of a go at Pretty Patel for her comments around uh, social media and pitting our industry against junior police officers. Uh, we'll talk about virtual agency work that I'm involved with the PRCA, and then probably a couple of tips about the books we're reading All at right. the moment. What was the first thing on the list? I've lost track already. Disinformation, right, fake news. On. Fake Sorry. news being a term that we're not allowed to use because it's been weaponized against journalists and uh, kind of media today to kind of bring the work that they're doing into disrepute where actually ethical journalism is there to help hold power to So over the summer on a trip back from France to the UK you wrote you wrote you wrote My a guide <laughs> Well that's how I relax on holiday come on two days uh, just looking at all the different uh, resources that are available to us as practitioners to help us ensure that whatever we do, whatever we produce and share is factually correct. Because as we know, fake news, as it's termed, is, is a massive problem for society, not just our industry, but we are instrumental in preventing the share of it, really. So, yes, yeah, so on through Futureproof, futureproof.com.co.uk, sorry, uh, there's now a free guide that you can go and have a read of, um, which is basically just um, hopefully something you could grab a cup of coffee and, and read over lunchtime. And it's just designed to help us have a best practice guide, build resilience in the organisations that we work in and understand the scale of the problem really. So there's a breakdown of terminology, there's um, lots of links to different resources that are already in existence and there's a couple of brief case studies that kind of characterise the problem but um, ultimately have a read. Um, It takes you mainly to the government communication service resist model which is absolutely superb in terms of having a proper framework that you can use to prevent the spread of disinformation brilliant yeah it's good it's gone Go down really it. well actually i'm thrilled to bits with it so um, it's one of those things you just don't know you test the waters you don't know how it's going to go down but people have uh, been very receptive responded well uh, so we're going to do one on uh, influence next as well yes yeah, so do you want to talk about that because it's your baby i might yeah. have uh, commandeered you and scott guthrie to write it well so so we ongoing conversation in in the pr business about the lack of governance or the lack of voices in public relations around this issue of influencer marketing influencer marketing has been taken over predominantly by the marketing discipline yet there's two aspects to to any form of influencer marketing or influencer relations there's an earned aspect to it and there's a paid aspect to it yet all the conversation from a governance point of view relates to the advertising industry and the marketing industry so yeah we've had the conversations about this we've we've talked to the CIPR we've talked to the PRCA about this we've talked to other organizations about this and Scott Guthrie who for the last two three years or so has been following and very active in this market as a practitioner and I got together and said yeah we should just get on with this and and and, and create some sort of 
guide or primer to governance from an earned point of view, but also a paid point of view. So a bit like your disinformation guide, we've taken best practice from the ASA, from the CMA, but then also the CIPR and the PRCA and put that to put that together at the moment it's in draft format we've got some help from friends at Vulio. well i was going to say it's going out into future proof but i'm thrilled to bits to have the video team on board and supporting yeah so Vulio have been really really good at characterizing the market for influencers from both an earned and paid point of view through their piece of work they do every year um, a study of, of the market piece of research uh, they also hold an annual event celebrating best practice in the industry so yeah it's great to have them on board from two points of view they've they're sharing their data to give size a uh, size and scope and scale to the market but they're also helping us get legal voices into it to provide a you know a, a media law perspective yeah so we're aiming to publish that in the next couple of weeks so around mid-september we'll publish it actually in a draft format and as we've done previously through future proof it will we will publish it as a consultation document so anyone can wade in and, and, and comment on it and then aim probably beginning of October to publish a, a final version. But hopefully that will be another useful piece of information for the industry. And importantly, critically, give the public relations industry a voice in this very nascent area, but yeah. growing area. Because we've of got to take ownership of this, right? Yeah. Good. What we haven't done in the past with things like SEO, also, which comes within our purview. I hate that word. I feel a bit... Let's move on. Okay, CIPR election time. We're both back in Mandy Pierce, an old friend of ours, aren't we? Yeah, I've got to say, um, I'm really thrilled. Obviously, I'm I'm current past president at the moment, and um, I'm really thrilled to see two strong female leaders who are both up standing as president. But equally, we, no matter what happens, I have to say there are two good candidates who will do a good job. The reason that I'm personally supporting Mandy is purely because Mandy has long supported my drive to reassert public relations as a strategic management function. She got her MBA years ago, has always talked about it in, in terms of, um, you know, that it's, it's incredible value to business. But also Mandy has been a long-term supporter and volunteer with the Institute. It's a really complex membership body and I do think you need to have spent a reasonable amount of time on board and council level um, volunteering with it to kind of be able to be most effective when you're in the president role. That said, you know, it's like I say, we've got two good candidates, but um, I wish them both well. It's uh, that season where just... Twitter's mental. Yeah, it really is, yeah. Um, so it is very noisy. Apart from Brexit, there's, there's hashtag CIPR election uh, ongoing. There's a lot of uh, noise on that. Good for following robust discussion. No, absolutely. And also the sharing of really good content. Yeah. There's, there's some really good content and um, discussions out there. And what I would say is, I don't care who you vote for, but if you're a CIPR member and eligible to do so, please vote. Yeah. It's important. You know, talk about Brexit. Democracy is important. It's just equally as important within our industry so so use your vote so i voted for mandy sorry i'm voting for mandy uh, and supporting her because back when i was president in 2014 i mean the, you know mandy's been involved with the institute for at least a decade longer than me uh she was really supportive actually helpful in the governance changes that that we made provided wise counsel during that and and helped engage with the public sector communities uh, and i really valued that You've said it already. She she's an MBA of 
20 years standing She's and it's already been one developing of, the thinking that's at been one of those the heart of the voices at the board for for 20 years and you know so. what i like about her she's different i mean clearly she's very different to me in terms of you wouldn't expect me to be gobby at board level would you of course you would but um she's got a really soft power so people what she says is very valuable but people have to lean in to hear her and i think that's it's a really interesting soft skill that yeah. people under undervalue and underestimate so a couple of things to point you out i i, I blogged the two manifestos from the two candidates on one Code UK and then also I've caught up with Mandy this week and done a Q&A, blogged a Q&A with her um, about some of the aspects of, of her motivation, her plans uh, and I'm going into drilling into a manifesto in detail so do check those out. Right, what's next? Well, small rant about Pretty Patella, that's all right. Go on. Wow. Patel, Home Secretary, used to work at Weber Shandwick in public yeah, affairs. a lady who apparently a, understands the business of public relations, but who knew? You wouldn't think it from her comments this week. So what's she done? Well, so, I know what she's done, but I'm setting you up. Go. <laughs> so you want me to explain it for our listeners? Please. But long and short of it, she has basically had a pop because she thinks that the police... Um, uh, basically should employ fewer social media officers and pay their um, junior police officers more, which is a very disingenuous way to position things. Um, let's face it, if there's a problem with the salaries about police officers, that's got nothing to do with social media and uh, their salaries are set centrally. And secondly, for someone who supposedly understands PR, she doesn't seem to recognise the value uh, and the importance of social media to keeping communities safe. PR Week has uh, commented, uh, used one of my comments, because I, I do think it was a really foolish thing to say. So she tweeted it, you responded, and the it's been along great. with the, industry, the PR industry piled in. And, and As they should have done, because yeah. it, it was a really, really disingenuous and dangerous comment, really. Um, it was part of her announcing funding for a recruitment drive to hire 20,000 more police officers. But, you know, that's only replacing the, the police officers they've cut since the Tories have come into power. But hey-ho. Um, but, I, I, you know, it's really important to defend our industry. We know how integral... Uh, social media is is keeping in keeping people safe particularly in a crisis situation uh and um you know to suggest that police forces should cut that comms uh, function is just highly irresponsible in yeah. my view so, so the manchester bombing the westminster bombing we, we you saw the police use social media as a means of um communicating with the larger public to make them aware of the situation and issue various calls to action and provide um, reassurance. So, yeah, communication clearly has a role along alongside frontline policing and the two aren't exclusive. Exactly. What a load of nonsense. Indeed. Anyhow... Moving on from that little rant, um, just a quick update about what's happening with the virtual agencies group at the PRCA, which is led by um, George and Nikki at the PR Network. We are busy characterising uh, the virtual agency marketplace and uh, in September we'll be doing a pulse, a little survey to understand what business people recognise and understand about a virtual agency. So hopefully we'll have some really interesting results to share with you later in October. Which is about it, really, and brings us to our top tips, because you like to have a top tip at the end yeah. of the podcast. Tell us about the book you're reading. Start Go with that. Go out on high. Well, yeah, some are reading. There's loads of really good books being published lately. The one I'm reading at the moment is The Social Circle, so, sorry, The Social Circle, The Social CEO. Social Circle is something entirely different. The Social CEO by uh, Damien Cor- 
Corbett, just published this week by Bloomsbury. In fact, we were going to go to the launch, but we made our apologies to go to the protest and we in, in Westminster instead. About Parliament being suspended, yeah, absolutely. I, unfortunately, Damien's a very understanding bloke. and, and Missed a good, good party, though. It looked good. Cake looked and everything. Great. Yeah, it looked great. So Damien's written this book. Actually, he's pulled together a number of voices from senior leaders within organisations, both public and private sector, to talk about how they use social media. He, lovely credit to, to the team behind the Share This and the Share This Two books that I edited five or six years ago, co-authored books, uh, and, and Damien's used exactly the same model to bring in voices from across multiple industries and multiple sectors. Um, it's a really enlightening book. It shows how uh, modern leaders can use s- social forms of media to, to listen to their publics and communicate with with stakeholders and and critically through the voices in the book shares numerous cases so really important piece of work and uh, highly recommend it to anyone well i've got two so i've got the james o'brien book how to be right in a world gone wrong and we've talked about in the past about how pr people really need to do our best to help bring people who are on two completely different sides of an opinion uh, together. And I do think we have a role to do that in terms of this fragmented society where people can't, um, don't seem to be able to have discourse in a, in a positive fashion. That's kind of our role. But this is a really interesting book about that in terms of uh, he looks at different viewpoints and po- points out the observability and how it doesn't follow through, but also how you can engage with these people to... Well, to try and talk a bit of sense there. Well, yeah, but he also, I did, I did nick this book off you before. He actually got to read it and read it over the while we were away in, in the summer. And, and he does point to some chasms in or polarizations in, in society. Uh, and one of the big ones that he doesn't think will ever be addressed, and one of the big ones he points to that we need policymakers to address is the age gap. So the fact that baby boomers are are sitting on a pile of wealth that, you know, millennials are just not ever going to Ever going to see or have the chance to earn. Not Um, that we're... No, not that I'm... So, so I, I, you know, and I really <laughs> took that to heart. And the you know, way James describes it is as a sitting time bomb. Brilliant, brilliant book, though. Uh, and again, yeah, highly recommend it to anyone. I'm just looking for it. There was a quote by The Sun uh, that it, I can't find. The, basically, The Sun... Should we put ripped, it in the show notes? Ripped it to bits. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a surprise. In a brilliant way, but it's great. Anyway, go on. So the last book. book, the second book, uh, that I think everybody should read... Um, I'm busy on an executive leadership course with Oxford Side at the moment. Um, it's really great. But somebody on Twitter pointed me to this book, and it's called The Leadership Challenge. It's a sixth edition by James M. Cousers and Barry Z. Posner. And it is just a really nice book to read and really good if you are starting out on your leadership journey, if you're a leader, and just want to make sure that you're understanding who you are, that you're following best practice, and just be the best person that you can be. And it's it's just really, really good. It's really practical, it's evidence-based, and um, it just gives you loads of examples of um, leaders in different situations and how they've handled things. Because as we know, ethically, there are often many different ways you can go and different decisions you can take. But this is about actually how do you how do you be a leader and bring your organisation, you know, help it achieve its objectives in the best way you can by leading people and, and helping them achieve your vision. It's just really great. I have literally started it and I just, I'm not one for, I know you like marking books up, but there's so many good quotes. I'm bending pages over, I'm penciling it, I'm starring. It's, yeah, buy good. it. It's worth it. Good. I've, uh, good. No, 
say it. It's great. I found that quote from The Sun about James O'Brien. O'Brien is the epitome of smug, sanctimonious, condescending, obsessively politically erect, champagne socialist, public schoolboy, Ramona. <laughs> Brilliant. Champagne socialist. Well done, James O'Brien. <laughs> Keep up the excellent work. And there we have it. Thank you for listening. Thanks very much and see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Future Proof podcast with Sarah and Stephen Waddington. You can follow Sarah on Twitter at Mrs underscore Wads and Stephen at Wads. For more information about Future Proof, visit futureproofingcoms.co.uk. Until next time, see you on the internet. <laughs>